Podcast One production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 9th of February. The family of an Australian journalist detained in China says she is innocent and are pleading with authorities to allow her to see her children. Cheng Lei has now been formally arrested and charged after being detained by Chinese authorities for six months over allegations she illegally supplied state secrets overseas. Ms Lei's niece, Louisa Wen, has told ABC 730 the case against her aunt is baffling. I don't think she would have done anything to uh, harm national security in any way intentionally. We don't know if she's just being caught up into something. Foreign Minister Maurice Payne says the government has consistently raised strong concerns about the journalists' detention at the most senior levels. Uh, we have made a number of consular visits to her as part of our bilateral consular agreement. The most recent of those uh, was on the uh, 27th of January uh, and we continue to seek uh, assurances of uh, her being treated appropriately, humanely, uh, in accordance with international standards and that will continue to be the case. It's feared the journalist and mother of two could face the death penalty. The federal government has defended the AstraZeneca vaccine despite concerns emerging over its effectiveness. South Africa will suspend its use of the shot in its vaccination program after data showed it gave minimal protection against the nation's mutant strain. But Health Minister Greg Hunt says the vaccine is effective, yet they're waiting to see if the jab stops the transmission of the virus. There is currently no evidence to indicate a reduction in the effectiveness of the AstraZeneca or Pfizer vaccines in preventing severe disease or death. The world, however, is reviewing data with regards to the impact on transmission of mild to moderate symptoms. Meantime, the ABC's London bureau chief is warning others about how highly contagious COVID can be and its serious side effects. Samantha Hawley says she did everything she could to stay safe while reporting from the UK, but still somehow contracted the debilitating virus. About three weeks ago, sort of woke up in the middle of the night with the most excruciating muscle pain I've ever experienced. And then I think the next nine days or 10 days uh, were a complete blur of fever. Uh, Never got a cough or anything like that. But it was a bit of a shock, to be honest, because um, I have been so incredibly careful. We've followed the rules. Um, I'm extra cautious with hand washing, mask wearing, all of that sort of stuff. And I still managed to get it. So that was really a a bit of a worry Um, and a shock, I think, too, because I'm would consider myself to be quite a healthy person, but really this just flattened me out. Back home now, Victoria's chief health officer has tested negative for COVID despite suffering flu-like symptoms. Brett Sutton took a test yesterday after admitting he wasn't feeling the best with a sore throat and headache. Mr Sutton later confirmed the negative result via social media. And after a slow start, Nick Kyrgios has stormed through to the second round of the Australian Open after winning in straight sets overnight. We'll have more details on this story coming up shortly in sport. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning and to Queensland first. 
Investigations are underway after a horror attack on a bus driver. Our reporter Amy Drew has more from Brisbane. Yeah, it's a really shocking incident, Tash. Police and paramedics rushed to the scene at Logan Home just before 9.30 yesterday morning. Luckily, there were no passengers on that bus at the time. The driver was rushed to hospital in a stable condition, suffering burns to his face and eyes. The motive for the attack is unclear at this stage, with the offender yet to be found. Police have made an appeal for witnesses to come forward. They're asking for any members of the public who have dash cam vision or CCTV for footage in and around Drews Road and Jalen Street between 9am and 10am to make themselves known. While the Transport Workers Union has called for an urgent meeting of the Bus Safety Forum in order to continue and discuss improving bus driver safety across Queensland. To Victoria now and embattled Collingwood President Eddie Maguire is facing renewed pressure to leave the club immediately. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, community leaders and senior Indigenous figures have written an open letter calling for Mr Maguire to step down. Yes, Tash, it couldn't get more confronting than this. An open letter has been circulated between community leaders, including senior Indigenous figures in Melbourne, It's claimed the Collingwood Football Club's response to the racism report was unacceptable and insulting. The letter says Maguire has proven himself incapable of leading the club and asks for him to step down immediately. The letter also targets the club's major sponsors, demanding they make public statements rejecting racism. Now, Eddie has been the president of Collingwood for 22 years and has already stated that this year would be his last. To WA and authorities are looking at banning hotel quarantine security guards from taking second jobs. The state has joined Victoria, who's also investigating the option, after a second positive test from a worker in Melbourne in less than a week. WA Premier Mark McGowan says they are exploring new contracts for security at quarantine hotels. As of today, one company has returned an executed signed contract uh, and we expect another will be finalised today. Under the contracts, all employees are required to end secondary employment over coming days. We expect we'll resolve those matters uh, fully over over coming days. Compulsory testing of staff for COVID-19 could also be extended to employees during their days off. Now to Sydney and the last of the city's controversial lockout laws are set to be lifted after being introduced in 2014 because of alcohol-fuelled violence. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, it's hoped Sydney's economy will be given a boost with the last of our lockout laws to be scrapped. They've already been lifted in the CBD and Oxford Street, but from next month, the rules will be abolished in King's Cross. It means no more 1.30 lockout, last drinks pushed to 3.30am, and no restrictions on serving cocktails, shots and drinks in glasses. The Premier has emphasised that safety will still be paramount with the laws originally introduced to curb alcohol fueled violence. But it might be a while until we really feel the change with the ongoing COVID crisis putting a bit of a dampener on the party atmosphere due to the current restrictions. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Some new data is out showing just how many people have accessed their super and what they needed it for. Yeah, look, a lot of us know we could re- have withdrawn super under early release of COVID, but actually there are a number of ways you can take your money out of super. And 59,000 applications were made to access super funds under compassionate grounds in 2019-20. Now, you might think that's small fry, 
why? Because yesterday also the figures came up that wrapped up early release under COVID and there were 4.9 million applications. Either way, it just goes to show how many Aussies have relied on their super to cover the unexpected. It's interesting to note that out of the 59,000 applications under compassionate grounds, 34,000 were actually for medical treatments like IVF, weight loss, surgery and dentistry. Now, the data that came out from the ATO also showed that the average amount released under compassionate grounds was 15,200. Now, Compassionate Grounds is only available in really limited circumstances. It's pretty tight to get. It's, it's like medical treatment or expenses associated with a death, funeral, or even for making a payment on a home loan so you don't lose your home. And the ATO told me yesterday that one of the most common mistakes people make on their application is that they attempt to seek the release from their super after they've already paid the expenses. You can't do it that way. It's only on unpaid expenses. Now, in addition to compassionate grounds, you may also be able to get it under financial hardship. You've got to be on employment benefits for at least 26 weeks here, and you can also get it under terminal illness. Now, to get it under compassionate release, you go through the ATO online on their MyGov site. And if you want to get it under financial hardship, you need to contact your Superfund provider. Yet again, we see that uh, some people are doing really well during COVID and other people are doing it really tough. And going now to the property market, gosh, there's a lot of cashed up investors ready to buy now. Sure is. I mean, last year was all about first home buyers. This year, it is those cashed up investors. And you've got to remember, if you were a high income earner who didn't lose their job, that was working from home, you didn't spend as much. You're not traveling overseas. And you're looking at this property market thinking, well, this is a great time to jump in. Now, the consequence of this, of course, is likely to see increased prices and even more competition. And it was interesting to note that CoreLogic data saw the value of investor loans rise by about 15.1% through the December quarter. That's almost as fast as what homeowners were. Now, the thing is, mortgage rates are generally below 3% and gross yields are generally above 4%. So there's going to be more properties that are likely to be positive geared out of the outset here. Now, and property cycles have seen a lot of investment activity generally concentrate within Sydney and Melbourne. However, CoreLogic believes it may be a little different this year. There are cities where housing values are rising the fastest and where yet rental yields are the are highest tend to be the smaller ones like Perth, Darwin, Adelaide and Brisbane. So I think the tip here for investors is that they've got to be finance ready so they can jump in when the opportunities present themselves. Good point. Effie, thank you as always. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. As we reported earlier this morning, Nick Kyrgios overcame an early outburst to cruise into the second round of the Oz Open. Yes, he did. Good morning, Tash. Didn't start so well, was slow out of the blocks, lost his first two games to Portuguese qualifier Frederico Ferreira Silva. They'd actually played against each other in junior, so he was broken in his first service game, and then it was juice in the following game, and we heard a little bit of this from Nick Kyrgios last night. Tell your girlfriend to get out of my box. He said, tell your girlfriend to get out of my box. He was talking to his brother, who brought a female companion with him to the match. He said afterwards that uh, he was just letting off some steam. There was nothing personal uh, toward his brother or his brother's girlfriend. He did recover to win in straight sets, 6-4, 6-4, 6-4. Now, the talking point after the match was some of the nerves that he felt coming into the Australian Open. He's been carrying a knee injury. And then it turned to that feud with Novak Djokovic, who said... Uh, the other day that he has no respect for Nick off the court. Nick responded last night, took a bit of a dig at uh, the Joker's 
uh, response to uh, the pandemic last year, of course. He held a couple of events. They turned into super spreader events. Well, Nick uh, had a, a little shot here talking about his record during the, the pandemic last year. I was extremely careful about what I was doing. I didn't want to spread the virus to anyone. Now I'm actually trying to donate meal kits to, to people that need food. I have my foundation. So it's very strange to me, like, as why he would say he doesn't respect me off the court. I actually do a lot off the court. But, yeah, he's a very strange cat, Novak is. Now, Novak wasn't ruffled by that little feud last night. He also won in straight sets against, uh, straight sets, I should say, against Jeremy Shardy, the French veteran. Going for a ninth Australian Open title is Novak Djokovic. Bernard Tomic, uh, Alex Bolt, James Duckworth. Some of the other Aussies to progress last night. Lizette Cabrera had the toughest task against Simona Halepa, a former finalist here at Melbourne Park. She lost. Kimberly Birrell also knocked out. We've got Ash Barty on court tonight, begins her Aussie Open campaign. I think there'll be less drama with Ash Barty than there will be with Nick Kyrgios, Tash. Gosh, there's more off-court action than on-court action with those two guys. I know, isn't it? They love there? a yep. sledge. Yep, absolutely. It's been going on for a while too. And also making news in the sporting world today, Brett Payne Haas is on his last chance with the Broncos after copying a big punishment for another off-field incident. Yeah, that's right. The Broncos placing Payne Haas under strict conditions. The NRL slapping him with a three-game ban and $50,000 fine for an alcohol-fueled incident uh, with police. That was in Tweed Heads. Now, that's another off-field incident. He was suspended and fined uh, a little while ago as well. So he has a multi-million dollar contract uh, with Brisbane. That will be torn up if there is another off-field indiscretion. And uh, he faced the music late yesterday. I'll learn from this mistake. I'll work hard to be a better person in the future. I'll, I'll need to win back the trust and respect of my teammates as well as the, our club's members and sponsors. So there's a bit at stake now for Payne Haas. That contract, as I said, he's a, a prop with the New South Wales Origin side, playing with the, the NRL's glamour team in the Broncos. He's still young. He's only 21 years of age. So let's hope he can sort out his life uh, off the field. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a bit going on for two high-profile coaches, both in the AFL and NRL, Brett. Yeah, both are fresh out of the papers this morning. In the age in Melbourne, Richmond reportedly starting contract talks with Damien Harwick early. He is out of contract at the end of this season. He's a three-time premiership coach. So normally this would be a fait accompli. It would just be done. Uh, but of course, we've had some off-field dramas. The Tigers are continuing to stand by uh, Dimmer, those revelations of a relationship with a, a staff member. But it looks like that won't put them off from re-signing their premiership coach. Shane Flanagan in the NRL, uh, in the Daily Telegraph today on the back page, uh, returning to coaching is growing a lot closer. There's some rumours going around that if Cronulla, his old club, gets off to a slow start this season under John Morris, then Shane Flanagan could take over. He's also had to deny that he played a role in Cam McInnes leaving the, the Dragons at the end of this season to join with the Sharks. So a bit going on in both codes there, Tash. Never a dull day in the wonderful world of sport. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. And history was made on a number of fronts during yesterday's Super Bowl in the US. 47-year-old Sarah Thomas was the first female to ref the big game as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. The halftime show was a spectacular performance from the weekend. The Canadian singer actually paid $9 million from his own pocket for the major production. And the star of the game, 43-year-old Tom Brady, will also go down in the history books, winning his seventh Super Bowl and cementing his position as the greatest quarterback of all time. Everything we uh, dealt with all year, we had a rough month in November, but 
VA had all the confidence in us. The team had a lot of confidence. We came together at the right time. I think we knew this was going to happen tonight, didn't we? And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.